Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Good morning to everybody. Good morning, Fagy. How is this weather? Unbelievable. Seriously, it could be summer. I was actually, as, as I've been waiting to come online, I, I was looking at the date. It's the 14th of April and it feels like it's the 25th of December. It's, it's a bit tricky because I guess every time, even in September when it's meant to be spring, we do go through those roller coasters of hot and cold and we wonder if it's going to be winter again. But I'm very grateful for it to be nice and hot today. Yes, absolutely amazing. Like, I think it's time for a holiday. That's what I say. Absolutely. <laughs> today, uh, we are very excited to have on our show uh, a lady by the name of Nadine Hewitt. She's a qualified yoga alliance yoga teacher, and she's been practicing yoga from 2002. Now, Nadine is the owner of Yoga Lover, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, where she has created a unique environment where students can feel comfortable to practice yoga at the unique level. And Nadine continues to advance her yoga studies and experience with a particular focus on health, on the health, on the integrity and alignment of the human body. She's also been very privileged to learn from local and international leaders. And um, as she says, yoga brings me joy. It's something that stays deep within when uh, and I am lucky to access it whenever I need it. So welcome to the show, Nadine. I'm super excited because I want to learn all about yoga. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for having me on the show this morning. Fantastic. Let's start at the beginning. What made you come into yoga, and how long have you been practicing this uh, so, discipline? So I started yoga just after my first child was born. She is going to be 20 this year. And I had, um, I'd say, not severe, but pretty bad postnatal depression. I was very anxious. And I found the change of having a new baby very hard. And I always had this desire to do yoga. So about three months after she was born, I took myself off to a yoga class. And it was the first time since she was born that I had a certain sense of anxiety being lifted. And um, from then on, I was only able to leave her on a Sunday when my husband was at home. I went every single Sunday for that first year of her life. I never missed a lesson. And then after that, I was completely hooked. And then I started, you know, at that stage, it was a long time ago. It was in, um, she was born in 2001. So it was the beginning of 2002. There wasn't much yoga around in Johannesburg. So I just went wherever I could. And um, I just became completely immersed. And for me, that has been, I'd say, that and Judaism are my two kind of lifesavers after having babies, I'd say. Two lifesavers. Just in terms of yoga, you know, people use yoga as a general term. Um, I'm, I'm pretty interested in yoga, I've got to tell you. I'm more interested theoretically than practically, even though I've, I've had personal trainers teach me like some of the moves that I also I've got to say I do feel fabulous and I would love to expand it more what makes me nervous is that there is so many different types of yoga like how does one differentiate where to go what to do and are all of them aligned with Judaism which I think is a you know a, a very important uh, 
question for, for, for many of the listeners. Yes. So, okay. So there are two questions here. So in terms of the types, um, there's so many different types. There's like, you know, there are hundreds of different types of yoga. And I think the key thing, um, number one, is to find a style and specifically to begin with a teacher that resonates with you. Because I think once you've found a teacher that resonates with you and speaks the language that you're looking for, then you are able to immerse yourself. And then once you start any form of yoga, really, then you start exploring the different forms of yoga. Um, the type of yoga that I'm very focused on at the moment, and I'm actually doing my training, is called Iyengar Yoga, which is kind of the foundational yoga of all the different schools of yoga. It's kind of the oldest school of yoga, and um, that and Hatha Yoga. And um, I think as long as you find a responsible, experienced teacher that resonates with you, it doesn't really matter which style you begin with because there are so many. And then from there, you kind of immerse yourself into a style that works for you. Um, with regards to the second question in terms of Judaism, so for me it was, um, you know, quite an issue and it still is an issue. And I think – the important thing is that um, you never compromise, well, at least for myself, because I consider myself quite observant, and you don't compromise the things that you stand for and you believe in. So wherever I'm confused or there's a confusion, I always ask a rabbi and I get an opinion. Um, my, my rule of thumb is I don't go to studios where there are lots of statues and mm. where there's lots of chanting. And, you know, different schools of yoga do have lots of chanting and statues and stuff. So you have to, you do have to work around it. In terms of the philosophy, it's very easy to get around that part of it. And the truth is most yoga classes today are much more physical yoga classes that are not that much philosophy based. So it really is easy to get into even a, you know, a normal regular studio um, not run by a religious observant person and get around all the obstacles, if those answers your questions. Yeah, I, I think it does. Like for me, I, I, I've seen the benefit of yoga just from, from, from a physical release, you know, just going through the motions of what you have to do just to become more supple, to, you know, be far more in tune without the philosophy behind it. Yes, yes, exactly. And, you know, um, I think having the practice really you know so there are two aspects to the yoga practice you know you've got the physical practice and you've got the philosophy practice but they they all they they merged if that answers what you're saying they merged they they all together as one it's you know it's a whole practice that changes how you think how you feel and also you know it has a very long shelf life so when you practice yoga in the morning, it's not like when you go for a run, you go for your run, you've had that adrenaline rush, which I love doing. I love running as well. So I'm not criticizing running in any way. But the thing about yoga is the shelf life lasts for the day. It changes how you feel. It changes how you see your day. It changes how you feel deep inside. Right. So it obviously changes something in your brain that has an everlasting effect I mean, or throughout the day at least. Absolutely. I think that, um, not I think, it's been proven that yoga and mindfulness, um, and mindfulness is a totally different subject matter, 
that being in a yoga class is very mindful. You do not, from the beginning of a yoga class to the end of a yoga class, think of anything else because it is so hard and challenging physically about anything else other than what you're doing on your mat. So by the time you've finished your yoga class, you are completely mindful and present. So what you're doing is you're creating these neural pathways in your brain. And each time you practice yoga, these neural pathways get strengthened and strengthened and strengthened, which really does change how you are as a person, how you see the world and how you interact with those around you. Which is obviously why it has such a huge effect on your anxiety when you had a baby. Exactly. That's exactly correct. And the thing is, is that if you are consistent in your practice and if you go into your yoga class with that mindfulness attention, okay, and being completely present, which often you can't help yourself but being because it is so hard, you know, whatever the things that you're working on, those pathways get created to help with the anxiety or whatever else it is that you are working on within your life. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Welcome back to the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. I'm Adol Kosilski together with my co-host Fagy. We are discussing yoga today with Nadine Hurwitz. If you'd like to ask a question about yoga or you have a comment, you can SMS us on 34519 or telegram us on 61 895 one nine. So Nadine, maybe just by we've we've had a bit of an introduction by way of just actually putting in some fundamentals. What is the practice of yoga? What happens in yoga, as opposed to Pilates, as opposed to Rani, as opposed to something else? What? How, how would you describe the practice of yoga? I think what differentiates yoga from, let's say. Pilates is a good one to compare it to because there are actually quite a few postures that are similar, is that yoga is very much focused on the consciousness of breath. So um, if you go to, let's say, for example, an acrobatics class, you're going to do a handstand. If you come to a yoga class, you might do a handstand. But the 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 focus and the um, object objectivity of yoga is about consciousness of the mind, consciousness of the breath. And to take that consciousness of the mind and the breath, integrate it within the physical practice. And the thing is, is that when you are doing the postures, there's so many different nuances that are um, applicable to a specific pose, for example, that your mind becomes completely focused on those tiny little nuances in combination with your breath. And I think that's the differentiating factor that um, brings that consciousness into the practice of yoga. You know, when I listen, when I listen to you, one, one of the things is that my brain runs about 20 times faster than my body. <laughs> so like, I've always, I've, I personally have always struggled with things like meditation, like hypnotherapy, those kinds of things. And I think that maybe part of, of, of that, you know, has, has put me off yoga because I feel like it's too mentally intensive. Is that, a, is that a correct statement? So it's funny you say that because I'm definitely ADD, okay? I definitely wasn't diagnosed, but I'm telling you I'm ADD, and I can't do enough in a minute. I'm always multitasking. But the crazy thing about yoga is that, and this is what I found with the practice of yoga, is that it is so physically challenging. And actually someone, one of my students said to me the other day that this is the hardest thing she's ever done in her life. Mm. Um, it is so physically challenging in a class that there is no time for your mind to be distracted. I can't explain it. Like, 
my classes, I'm, I'm saying my classes, but even, you know, many of the classes that I attend with some of my teachers, they're not, you're not going in there and sitting and breathing and doing meditation for the hour. You're actually going in there and it is a very, I hate saying a physical workout, but it is a physical workout. Yeah. It is a very strong practice. And most of the time, what you're trying to do, and this is actually really where an advanced yoga practice comes into it, is that you're just trying to be in the pose without dying and crying and walking out the room, okay? So <laughs> because, because of that, you have to train your brain to be quiet. And I think um, that's where the advanced practice comes in. You can be in a pose, and especially with the type of yoga that, I, that I'm starting to integrate very much into my teaching, my younger training, is that it is so intensive to hold poses, or even if you're doing a flow class, it's so hard that your brain has to quieten down in order to be there. So even for a person like yourself, if you're um, very busy and you find it hard to slow down, something just, it's kind of like it just cups you, if that's the right word. It I think also there's all different types of yogas for different personalities. Like exactly. the, the, Bikram, the Bikram yoga is much more intense in the heat. And then you can do a restorative where you are more relaxed and kind of lying in the pose quietly for a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, and I think that that's why I said in the beginning, you kind of have to find a teacher and a style that resonates with you to start off with, depending on your personality. And then from there, if you get into it and you like explore, then you can find different avenues and different ways. That's what's so nice about it is because there's so many different options and teachers and styles to choose from, you know, it's hard to get bored. <laughs> I think also in terms of being bored and Adel, as you were saying about, you know, not being able to slow down, that is kind of what we do have to do is, yes take that break and have a mental break and have a physical break and kind of, you know, focus on one thing, which is so difficult for all of us. Absolutely. So that really then leads onto the question of what, what benefits can one get from practicing yoga? And then a second part to it, or when we're discussing the benefits, how often, uh, uh, you know, in the week do you have to do yoga to get the benefits? Okay. So, um, in terms of the benefits, I think the main thing is um, health of the body. And I think it's such a broad term, um, but I always say to people, why yoga keeps you healthy is because it allows the different systems of your body to communicate. So let's take the nervous system. It quietens the brain down. Okay, When the nervous system is quiet, then it communicates to the hormonal system to work effectively, okay? And then things run smoothly on that side. When your hormonal system is working, it works in line with your digestive system and in turn works with your hormonal system, in turn works with your digestive system. So what happens is when you practice yoga, you're not only working on the physical structure of the body, you're also working on the organs inside. Like if you do a deep twisting class, you're getting involved in the organs, which affects your digestive system. So the benefits are overall health. And that means that all the systems of the body become in balance. And when your systems of your body are in balance, okay, then everything operates effectively. You think clearly, your anxiety is less. You're able to process your thoughts better. You're able to sleep better at night, okay? From a digestive point of view, you eat, you are able to digest your food better. Your hormonal systems work better. Your, your cycles work more regularly. So it is a complete holistic um, 
benefits to your body from the emotional um, helping you deal with things that you're struggling with to the physical, which are actual physical things, and then the emotional and the spiritual, which is, you know, that extra layer which helps to, um, you know, make you into a better version of yourself. And um, just if you want to take the pure physical, physical benefits, which I don't like speaking about because it's not really why you come to yoga, although in saying that, so many people become, start yoga because of what it does physically for you. It makes you super, super strong. And um, often people start yoga for the pure physical benefits, like what it can do for your physical body. And then after a while, they become completely hooked on the emotional side of it. So I think the, the benefits are all overriding and they're very holistic, focusing on the health of the body, which means you know, everything communicating to one another, but not forgetting what those physical benefits are in terms of what it does for your actual physical body. Then, you know, I think um, once that's all intact, okay, then, you know, you keep coming back. I think in terms of your second question, in terms of consistency, so, and how often, and so I always say to people, it doesn't matter if you attend yoga only once a week. It doesn't matter. But as long as you attend it once a week, every single week, the consistency is absolutely is absolutely crucial in yoga. So if you come every Wednesday to a class, make sure you come every single Wednesday. Obviously, the more classes you attend per week, the stronger your practice becomes and the more you become familiar with the poses and you're able to do it you know, better. But um, consistency is the key. How do you find people manage through the lockdown? So um, they actually were brilliant. I must say my students um, were so consistent. I I created um, an online, you know, even now I do online classes as well as in studio. So what happened was all the classes that I taught um, during the week became online. And um, the one thing that I can say is that the people that were super consistent before carried on with the online and still are carrying on with the online. One or two that weren't so consistent before dropped off, but people took to the online. And I felt that especially during those like first three months of lockdown, people were desperate for the classes. You know, it was, you were stuck in your house, especially in the beginning when we couldn't even go for a walk. It was almost a lifesaver for not only myself teaching, but for my students just to be able to have um, that community of, of, practice of the community of students and being able to practice during such a difficult time and as a result of it you know it's I say like COVID and I'm sure everyone says this to you all the time COVID has opened up so many different opportunities but certainly for me you know there's still some people that are not comfortable to come back to in-studio classes so I I run online classes concurrently with the in-studio and still like, you know, this morning I had a full class in-studio and I had quite a lot of people online so that people that are still not comfortable to come to the studio are able to practice in the convenience of their home. And some people have just found that online yoga is just so convenient, you know, and as a result of that, I also created an online portal where people can subscribe. It's like 300 rand a month. And um, for that subscription, you get four live free Zoom classes per month. And in addition to that, I've got 
a library of pre-recorded classes that I add. I'd add like two classes a week to this library. So some of my students who used to be so regular before don't come to normal classes, but they are practicing every single day through this online portal. Is so there then a risk of people doing the poses incorrectly? Yeah. So there is. There absolutely is. Um, you know, even online, I try my very best. I, I've got a big, huge screen and a projector. So, I, you know, I watch people. I can see people quite clearly. Um, there is always that risk. I just, you know, there are not many people that have started yoga through online, although I did get quite a few during lockdown. And um, you just got to hope people act responsibly. I give my classes specifically, I'm very, very, very detailed in my instructions, and I really hope that people listen to the instructions. And it comes back, um, Adel, to your, your question in terms of being mindful. You know, when you're practicing yoga, if you're, like, thinking about your to-do list for the day, you might injure yourself because you're mm. not focusing mm. on where your left foot needs to be, where your right foot needs to be. So I think the, the important thing is when you're practicing online and you haven't got a teacher there, let's say it's not a, a live class, but let's say someone is practicing one of my pre-recorded classes, people have to listen to the instruction and be mindful. And then the biggest thing is um, to stop when something is sore. You know, pain, I've, I've heard from one of my teachers, pain is an attention seeker, you know. And whatever you're doing in life, if you have got pain, that pain is going to follow you. So if you're practicing yoga online and you haven't got a teacher there in front of you, you and you feel pain, you stop. <laughs> you know, it's literally as simple as that. You stop or you carry on with the next pose that doesn't feel sore in your body. Right, right. I also see that you that you started doing an outdoor class in the yes. park. Yes, which is which has been amazing actually. There's a so every Sunday at um, the James and Ethel Gray Park, I run an outdoor class, and I must say it has been so stunning to be outdoors in the fresh air and it's been very popular I must say that it's been amazing for me because I've accessed people that I wouldn't necessarily have in my studio um, just because like sometimes people don't feel comfortable coming into a studio but they feel so comfortable and relaxed in a park and the truth is the park class is so relaxed so I actually say to people like who are like kind of new to yoga, the park class, funny enough, is a great class to start off with because it's so chilled and it's such a nice vibe. And then afterwards, what's so nice is there's bird coffee just around the corner and they make literally one of the best cappuccinos in town. I'd say actually the best. Mm -hmm. And after class, your yoga class includes a free cappuccino. So you do your yoga and you go and have a cappuccino and it's actually just such a nice atmosphere and that like, people hang around and so yeah, that's been That's the best of all worlds. You get your fresh air outside and your vitamin D and yoga, which is all and everything that a body can wish for. And the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> is yoga um is a lot of the central idea of yoga about breathing? Yes and no. When you uh, definitely yes, one hundred percent. But when people start the breathing can become quite confusing for people. So when people begin yoga I don't I obviously speak about the breath in every single movement because you cannot move your body now without the breath. Like, I mean, even if you're just sitting down now, okay, if you lift your arms over your head, you naturally breathe in. I mean, you can even try it. If you just take a second and lift your arms over in, overhead, you naturally breathe in, okay? So right. in the class, I always give instructions um, for the breath per movement. The breath matches the movement. So the breath is absolutely fundamental to yoga. But it can really confuse a new 
person. So you just kind of bring the breath in naturally in every single pose. And then as you become, you know, more involved in your practice, the breath is absolutely essential. And especially when you like doing a fast flow class or even a very hot Bikram class, for example, if you do not know how to breathe properly, you can pass out in a hot Bikram class. You know, mm. you have to access the strongest part of your brain for breath. And especially like in Iyengar yoga, you have to really be focused on your breath. So, yes, it's all about the breath, but for a beginner, it can be quite confusing. So I never kind of like throw it down their throat to begin with, if that makes sense. Right. I, I had an interesting just uh, um, idea thrown at me last week. I, I went for a, a yearly checkup to the cardiologist and one of the tests they did was a, it was a brand new test like just tested the mind and and the functionality of the heart and from all the results they actually measure how your sympathetic and your parasympathetic um, systems are working and if they're out of alignment and uh, the thinking behind that is that if they are out of alignment um, you could be eating healthy you could even be exercising you're a candidate for a heart attack just simply because you're Adrenaline cortisol levels are too high, right? And, y you know, you're, you're not coming down. And I, I said to the doctor, well, well how, how, how do you balance it, you know? So mm -hmm. you could be mindful about the way you eat it. You can even go exercise. He said, you have to breathe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I started laughing because that's something I don't do. Like, I have to remind myself to breathe. I so, breathe, you know, very in a, in a shallow manner, so, I guess. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, the more you practice yoga, the more you learn to breathe. And it's mm -hmm. so funny because it becomes automatic, you know, sometimes, and, and don't think I'm this like calm, holistic, chilled person. I'm really not. And I wish I had my children around to vouch for it. <laughs> I'm naturally a very anxious, like uptight, highly strung, A-type person. So, mm. but. I, Sounds I, like every Jewish mother in town. Exactly. And the thing is, but what I can say is from practicing yoga for so many years, I can be rushing somewhere and freaking out that I'm late. And then all of a sudden, the weirdest thing happens. My breath comes in and I quieten my breath and it really does calm me down. It's like mm. they tools. And that's what I said in the beginning. It's their neural pathways become created in your brain. And then once those pathways are become created, there are tools that you access all the time. And sometimes you don't even realize that you're accessing those tools. It becomes so instinctively a part of you. And getting back to what the cardiologist said with the mm. parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system is that's why I said yoga is about the holistic health and integrity of the body. Because when the systems are working correctly and you're breathing properly, naturally your parasympathetic nervous system kicks in. That's why when you go on a holiday – you know, you sleep better because your mind is not racing as much. You haven't got as much cortisol and adrenaline running through your body. You are much, you're in a quieter state of mind. So by, by practicing yoga regularly, that shelf life, okay, integrates into your body. And then as a result of that, those pathways become created so that you can access your parasympathetic nervous system more frequently than sitting down for a 10-minute meditation, for example. I think the amazing thing is it sounds almost like it's an adaptogenic curve, that if someone's suffering from anxiety, it will help them with anxiety. If someone, like you say, Adel, has mm -hmm. a heart condition, it will help the heart condition. If someone has a concentration issue, you know, it could help the concentration. It's almost like a holistic, like as you say, it could help if someone's, you know, with 
Alzheimer's that could help the neural pathways. Can I tell you, in, in, I mean, I've certainly, like I've got another literally 60 years to get to this point, but in, in um, India, in a place called Pune, where the Iyengar Association is, they have proper medical yoga classes with, wow. you know, and, and the, the teachers that are there, they actually have the people that come off the street that have got cholesterol issues, that have got um, Alzheimer's, that have got from migraines, they come to these proper medical classes wow. to help with their different kinds of ailments. And like, like I know, you know, let's say, for example, I've got a very bad headache. There's a, there's a certain sequence you can do to help with a migraine. And I do it when I have that, that time, and you, it helps with that. There's certain sequences for insomnia. So I'm not saying it can heal illness because, mm-hmm. you know, illness is, and disease is a, is a totally, you know, that is actually your body being out of sync and, you know, things coming up and things happening. So it can't heal things. But it can certainly help, and with the correct teacher, you you learn to how to overcome your lower back issues, how to come sh- overcome shoulder pain, hip pain, all of those kinds of things, you know. Um, but that does take time with an experienced teacher. It's not we 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 are talking to Nadine Hertz about yoga. If you'd like to join the conversation, it's three four five one nine zero six one eight nine five one zero one nine is our Telegram number. We're going for a short break, and we'll be back shortly. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosulski and Fagy Stern. We are talking to Nadine Hurwitz about yoga, and I think that it's probably like a great appropriate time to discuss. Nadine, we are in the period of Svirata Omer, uh, that is the counting of the Omer, and what we do for seven weeks between Pesach and Shavuot is that we actually uh, focus on our seven emotional centers according to Torah. And uh, those those are there to refine us, our characteristics, our emotional well-being, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a connection between yoga and the spirit? Um, certainly, um, we should actually say it the other way. The spirit were there first, and I think yoga learned from it. Um, and particularly this week is the week of Tiferet. Maybe you can give us a little bit of an insight as to, you know, if, if they run in tandem. Okay, so um, they don't run in tandem as such. However, what I do, and people will never know because I don't specifically bring religion into my classes, although my themes are always based on religion um, because that's always I always bring my themes into my yoga class based on things that I'm working with in my own personal religious life. So this week, you know, is the um, emotion or at least the, the um, sphera of Teferet, um, which is balance and harmony and that inner radiance within yourself. So what I've done for my classes this week, for example, is that I have been working on bringing the concept of balance into my classes, the theme of balance, and not necessarily necessarily balancing on one leg, although that has been part of it, um, mm. more the concept of how do we create that inner harmony? How do we create that inner radiance within ourselves? How do we, um, you know, get to feel within ourselves that we are the best versions of ourselves, that um, the light within ourselves comes through, that when we see people, they see that inner balance, that inner radiance. So um, I give people pointers within each of my classes to work on. And um, this week we focused a lot on the breath 
and how breathing and quieting your mind can help you to see the goodness in your life, to see the gifts that you've been given, and um, also to, you know, um, bring that sense of balance and harmony into your normal day, you know, just to kind of let go of all the stuff around you and kind of be focused on, you know, those good things. So what I'm trying to do over the next few weeks of the Omer is to take that main emotion that you're working on for that specific week and um, to put it into my class themes. So I can't say that I, that there's, there are many, many direct connections between yoga and Judaism. And as I, and as you said, Yoga is um, comes from the theories and the principles of Judaism. Um, and if you take even like the, and I don't know enough, so I can't even quote too much on it, but even the ten spheres, you find them um, a bit of a parallel in the seven chakras in yoga. Mm. Um, but in terms of these weeks of the Omer, um, I've just taken it upon myself just because I'm working on it within my own life to integrate some of these emotions that we try and work on within the Omer and bring it into my classes. And, you know, it doesn't matter that it's religion. It's something, regardless of a person's religion or race, it is something for people to work on within themselves, you know. Um, so I always like to bring kind of a philosophical element into my classes, and it's not necessarily a yogic philosophy. It's often a Judaism um, philosophy that comes in. I think one of the main principles is that that, and this is something that Faggy and I, you know, try very hard, just in terms of the genre of what we're trying to present out there, is that you're not only physical. You know, there's emotional, there's mental, there's spiritual. Um, we are complex human beings, and we have got so many, so many aspects to ourselves. And that if one wants to live healthily, one can't just, you know, be focused on one specific area, even if you go say, I'm only going to think about my emotional well-being. Well, if you, if you think about your emotional and you are abusing yourself physically, you're still going to be sick and vice versa. And the same thing spiritually and same thing mentally. And I think, I think, you know, we spoke about COVID. I think COVID has actually brought that out, allowed people to think about that, that, you know, we aren't just what you see is what you get. That's for sure. Mm. Um, you know, we are made up of many other components that affect each other there's an interrelation r relationship between between them and in the quest for being healthy one needs to look at oneself holistically absolutely absolutely and that's why um you know yoga offers that integration of your body your emotional element as well as the physical side of yourself you know there are so many different aspects that that come into the the yoga practice when I was listening to you, I was thinking, geez, you'd be a millionaire if you'd be able to um, to put yoga into a capsule, you know, that somebody could take two, 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 twice a day. <laughs> it is. It's like a medicine. You know, last night I was thinking to myself that there's so many aspects, as you say, Adel, that we have to bring into our lives. But at the same time, it isn't so simple. It's not mm -hmm. always simple to always reach for the healthy food. It's not always simple to go for the walk. It's not always simple to, you know, go to a yoga class uh, and make healthy decisions during your day. Um, and it is something that you have to be conscious of. And I'm, I'm hearing from what you're saying, Nadine, is mm. that yoga almost makes you, it, it gives you those tools to make those decisions wisely in the day yeah. and in your life. Yeah. And it kind of pushes you and, and gives your mind the, men, like the, clearance, the mental clearance and the capacity to make healthier choices as you're going along. 
Look, I, I think you, you're absolutely right. And I think a, a very key thing um, is commitment. And, you know, with anything in life, you have to be committed to doing something. You know, nothing, nothing is easy. You know, every single thing that you commit to doing takes hard work. And, you know, committing to a new lifestyle or committing to integrating something into your life, it's, you know, you can come to one or two yoga classes and then, and then, you know, stop for a couple of weeks and say, oh, well, it didn't work for me. The reality is, is that it has to, commitment has to be there because if you have that commitment, that's when you start to see the change. You know, it's the same thing as if, you know, if you commit to eating healthy. Yes, obviously we have weeks where, you, you know, you can't practice yoga or you eat badly or you, um, you, you're focusing on the wrong things in your life, but the commitment has to be there and it has to be, kind of an unwavering commitment and it's like anything in life you know because mm -hmm. once you have that commitment that's when the pathways happen and that's when the tools become integrated into your life and you know it doesn't necessarily have to be that you go to like an hour yoga class and you drive there or even if you do an online yoga class you don't have to do that you know sometimes if I've only got like 15 20 minutes I'll do like a quick shoulder warm-up I'll do a downward facing dog and I'll do one or two handstands and then like a very quiet short ending that literally can take 10 to 15 minutes and that changes your day it's, it is actually as simple as that. And that's why when you become committed to your practice, slowly, slowly, you start to realize, okay, maybe I don't need to go to a class today. Maybe I can just do a little bit on my own before I take my children to school or before I go to work, you know? And then the tools become your own. Right. It becomes exactly. a healthy addiction. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly that. We've had a fascinating conversation. We've got a couple of minutes left going off for a break, and we're hopefully going to give you Nadine's details. Would you like to be in contact with her? This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Well, I certainly hope that uh, our discussion with Nadine this morning has opened up your mind and um, certainly um, it has inspired me to, to, to get moving more, maybe <clears throat> maybe to start with even breathing and, and, and getting back into it. Nadine, if people would like to contact you, how can they? So um, you can either contact me on my cell phone. I'm quite responsive. And the number is 082-771-6105. Or my website is www.yoga-yoga lover and that's spelt l-o-v-a dot com so yoga lover dot com and on there is my cell phone and my email and then my online portal if you wanted to just access the online classes is yoga lover online so it's yoga lover l-o-v-a online dot com one word no dash between the yoga and the lover no dash for the yoga lover online just a dash for the actual website which has got all the information about my studio, my teachers who teach for me, the schedule, the fees, as well as all my contact details. And I'd be happy to answer any questions um, for a person who's starting out or a regular student. Fantastic. Thank you. It has been a very enlightening and a very informative uh, session. And uh, we thank you for, for your time and for shuffling around your life so that you could come <laughs> come and online at night. I'm going to be joining you for a, for a yoga Sure, one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's been such a privilege, and I've actually really enjoyed myself. So thank you. 
Thank, Thank you, you so much, Nadine. Thank you. If anybody would like to join the WhatsApp group that uh, Faggy and I run, um, we drop like a little thought um, almost every single day. Um, I say almost. I think we've been a bit schlapped these last two days, Faggy. Yeah, we've got to um, get going, Adel. Yeah, listen, may maybe do some yoga to get going. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you can join our WhatsApp group. Um, you can send an email to info at highfm.com. Give us your name and your number. Of course, you've got to have WhatsApp. And we will add you on. There is no spam. We don't, like, you know, inundate you. And we keep you up to date just with all different aspects in trying to motivate you um, as we motivate ourselves in living a much more healthy and holistic life. And on that note, thank you, Faggy. Thank you, Nadine. And to all the listeners, have a wonderful week ahead, and we'll be back next week. <laughs>